Hey everybody, welcome to The Afterword. I'm Dave Tish, and let me tell you, this is the most hypocritical podcast I've ever done. I'm talking and recording this podcast, which means that I am creating noise, and you are listening to this podcast, which means that you are allowing me to pollute your environment with the noise of me. And I use the term pollute in the most gentle and complimentary possible way. And as we talked this past week, noise surrounds us as a culture. There's noise everywhere we go. And I'm not just talking about literal noise, but cultural noise and speed of life noise and the no- just all sorts of noise. And noise prevents us from being silent. It distracts us. And the problem is, if we're not silent, we can't pay attention to our own lives, to our own souls, and we can't pay attention to God who very well might want to say something, or put another way, as the Bible says, very much wants, very much wants to say something to us. And and this is very, very difficult. A number of years ago, I went to a conference on poverty in LA. They were talking about homelessness, and I was there, and my roommate, the person I was kind of paired up with from the Bay Area, actually was a Catholic, a practicing Catholic. And one of the things he said to me is he said, why are you Protestants so uneasy with noise? Every moment of your entire service is filled with noise. Like, what is that about? Like, are you um, afraid of silence? Reminds me of that old song by Alanis Morissette, All I Really Want. You know, why are you so afraid of silence? Here, can you handle this? And then she drops silence in the middle of a song, and it's super uncomfortable. Why are you so petrified of silence? Here, can you handle this? Did you think about your bills, your extra deadlines, or when you think you're gonna die? Or did you long for the next distraction? So I had to say to this guy, yeah, I think actually I might be afraid of silence. Silence is a a place that we often avoid because um, it's a place that's uncomfortable for us. Perhaps it's a place that uh, we try to avoid because too much happens. Uh, We might get a glimpse of our soul or the brokenness of our soul. And so this week, we're going to delve into that. I've got Jay Kim with me. He spoke at our Saratoga campus. And uh, to quote another song, I know two song references in an intro is a bit much, but it reminds me of a 2003 song by Switchfoot called Adding to the Noise, in which they say, if we're adding to the noise, turn off this song. And I just want to say, if you need silence right now, if you don't need to hear Jay and I talk about silence, but you might need silence. You might need to turn off this podcast just meet with God, just spend three to five minutes or three to five hours, whatever it takes, just to meet with God, be refreshed. We hope that something in this podcast is helpful. We hope that we have a conversation, but maybe just take some time, take a few minutes or a few hours and just meet with God. That's the goal of this. But we do hope this podcast is helpful. And so with that, let's dive right in. If we're adding to the noise... Turn off this song If we're adding to the noise Turn off your stereo radio Alright, delete You're going to need to put on headphones for this You are I, I'm gonna Why? S- because I'm going to play a little game. Oh, I can't hear without... I hate wearing these headphones. Uh, you're only going to have to wear it for just a few minutes. They hurt my head. Okay. All right. It's just a few minutes. Okay. So this past weekend, we're talking about noise. Yes. So I have a little uh, fun experiment. Okay. So here it is. It's a game. We're going to play a game, you and me. Okay. So what I've done yeah. is I have three 
very easy, very simple, and to be honest, very J-centric questions. I'm going to ask you three simple questions. Okay. But I've had three people ask them, and I've recorded them. Three different people. Three different people asking one simple question, which I guarantee, as you'll see later, it's stuff like two plus two equals, that kind of stuff. Okay. Stuff that you will know. What's the name of your firstborn child? Like very basic stuff that you would know. Yeah. All I want you to do is just answer the three simple questions. That's all you have to do. And if you do it, yeah. let's say I'll buy you dinner. What? And not just buy you dinner. I'll buy you dinner at a good place. Like a, like a, What's uh, the catch? There has to be a catch. There is zero catch. This That's is, it. Three simple questions. You ready? So I listen to the questions you listen and to the I questions. just answer them? Yeah, you just answer. So you have to get three. And I have to get them right. Yeah, let's say you have to get all three of them. Okay. Okay, so does that make sense? And then you'll buy me dinner at a nice place? At a nice restaurant. Wow. Of, of your choosing. Okay. Here it is. Ready? Here's yeah. the three simple questions. And again, you have to trust me on this. Uh, these are questions that you know the answer to. Okay? Ready? Okay. Here we go. Name, Name any one any president that has the United last States three of decades. America. <laughs> you want to hear it again? Uh, Uno mas? Okay, yes. One more time. Name, Name any, any president that has the last three decades. America. Easy, Jay. Okay. Okay. Wait, can I hear it one more time? Uh, sure. That, okay. Because I'm feeling magnanimous. Okay. okay. Name, Name any, any, any president that has the last three decades. Of America. <laughs> That's so crazy. Okay. I think one question was name any president. In the history of the United States. So I'm going to say George Washington. That is correct. Okay, that was one question. Just two more, Jay. I got nothing. <laughs> I don't know what the <laughs> other two were. That's so crazy. It is. Here, 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 now. What were they? Here, I'll, sh- I'll share them with you right oh, now. one by one. Here, okay. here they are one by one, okay. so you don't, you don't go crazy. Name any president of the United States of America. Okay. Name any R&B or rap artist from the last three decades. Uh, Name one city. That has a professional baseball team. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I heard the president one, but it's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to keep him out, right? That's wild. Would you like to play again? You have another one. I have another. Yeah, one. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Wait. Does the dinner offer still a hundred percent? A hundred percent. You've okay. gotten one out of three. Is it the same three voices? It is the same three voices. Okay. You ready? Yep. And do you know who the three voices are? Les, Dave, Tish, and then is it Nicole? No, it's Mary. Oh, it's Mary. Ah, yeah, yes. Mary Nakama. Yes. Okay. Okay. You ready? Here we go. Uh, yep. These are the next three questions, and uh, I'll play them for you. Okay. What, what is your favorite professional basketball team of your life? <laughs> okay. I definitely heard favorite basketball team. It's the Golden State Warriors. Okay. So that's one. You want to play another? Uh, wait, hold on. What, what is your favorite professional basketball team of your life? Okay. What's my favorite food that I want my mother to cook? Was that one of them? I think. Can I hear it one more time? One more time. Final time, okay? Three times, three questions. What is your favorite professional basketball team of your life? (laughs) I don't know if one of the questions is, what was my street address in the house I lived with my mother? (laughs) Or is it my favorite food that I like my mother to cook? Or... What was the street address of the house where my mother cooked my favorite food? <laughs> this is so crazy. Uh, well, here they are individually. Okay. One, one after another. It's your birthday. What food do you want your mother to cook? Oh, my What God. is the street address of the house you grew up in? 
What is your favorite professional basketball team of your lifetime? I didn't even hear the word birthday. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? That's so fun. Well, also, and just just to round out the questions, I just need your mother's maiden name and the <laughs> house that you grew up, the street that you grew up on. Uh, that's it. I'm just writing these down for no reason, Jay. That's, that's no reason. Oh, no. man. No, that's but so the, crazy. The point I'm trying to make, obviously, yeah. and you know the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. Is those are pretty easy questions. Right. right. And if we uh, take it individually. Yes. With space. With clarity. With silence. Yeah. But jumbled together, pushed together, in a cacophony of noise. Right. It's unintelligible madness. Yeah. Uh, this wow, that's to, good. This to me yeah. is kind of like a, a metaphor. Yes. For our our lives. Yeah. And the problem, of course, is those voices are each individually. You can hear them, but with so much going on, uh, you can't even concentrate. Now, were you able to pull one out, like just concentrate on one voice? I tried to make all the e- levels equal. Yeah. But was, I'm not a sound engineer. So. That's what I had to do. I had to just focus well, on Mary's or Les's yeah, or mine. Yeah. Right. And even then it was really hard. I was mostly going on context really? clues. Yeah. Wow. Like I heard favorite NBA. Oh, and I yeah, knew, yeah. Okay. He's probably asking me my favorite NBA team. And I, and I had to rewrite some of the questions I, 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 I said of the last three decades instead of in the nineties. Cause I knew you could hear nineties. Oh, does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. So I tried yep. to, I tried yeah. to be a little tricky. Yeah. But really the, Mom, street address, food. I didn't hear the word birthday at all. That That's got funny. drowned out. Yeah. But those, and it's it's interesting because it was Les and Mary who have very different voices. Very different voices. But uh, they just they, jumbled into they one jumbled big into- mess. Yeah, wow. That's a cool exercise. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, I saw it once on a game show from the 60s. Um, there was a movie I forget what it was called. Anyway, I saw it, and I they did it. It was a very simple thing, yeah. and it's impossible to 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 do. Right. Uh, anyway, the point that we're trying to make is that, of course, in our in our world, it's very it's very busy, and yeah, there's a noisy. lot of very noisy. That's probably the best word. And and your our, our basic thesis is that noise distracts. Yes. And if it's noisy and distracting, we can't hear the important voices that we're trying to listen to. And one voice above all, the most important voice, which often gets drowned out. Right. And we also kind of made the case, interestingly, that biblically God's voice is not, although he could drown out, yeah. although he could shout if he wanted. Yeah. Typically, I, most of the time. Most of the time. To yeah, be fair. He whispers. Uh, yeah. Most of the time he whispers. Of, yeah. um, and that that's, uh, that's, that's what we're there's, I mean, we also talked about there's a very specific reason to that. It's actually not because he doesn't, he wants to be elusive or doesn't want to be heard. There's a way in which the whisper can if we're paying attention it really cuts through the noise right you know the whisper cuts through a noise yeah um when you talk about bottom up versus top down right right the idea of walking into a noisy room and hearing somebody say your name jay yeah jay jay why kim you know yeah yeah and then you'd be like wait what somebody said my name you go on a search and then that that activates your brain more than like uh a tiger coming out of a yeah yeah uh, out of a jungle. Right. Although that would probably capture yes. your attention too, if there was a, a tiger. And you'd be dead. Uh, perhaps. Yeah, so. Yes, yes. Uh, can I read a quote for you? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to read a quote. I, I, I'd like your opinion on it. It's by a guy named Thomas Moore, who 25 years ago wrote a book called The Care of the Soul. Mm. He's not, uh, he's Christian-y, but okay. not Christian yeah. uh, per se. So uh, obviously I want to layer some Christian thought on top of this. But right. he says this. This is really interesting. This is 25 years ago. Mm. So this is a long time ago. He says 95, 95, 96 or something like that. 
The great malady of the 20th century, which is implicated in all of our problems individually and socially, is the loss of the soul. Mm. When the soul is neglected, it doesn't just go away. It appears symptomatically in obsessions, addictions, violence, loss of meaning. Our temptation is to isolate the symptoms and try to eradicate them one by one, but the root problem is that we have lost our wisdom about the soul, even our interest in it. Mm. Fulfilling work, rewarding relationships, personal power, relief from symptoms, these are all gifts of a healthy soul, but they are particularly elusive in our time because functionally we do not even believe in the soul Mm. and therefore give it no place in our hierarchy of values. We have come to know the soul only in its complaints, Mm. when it stirs, disturbed by neglect and abuse, and causes us to feel its pain. But silence and solitude is the landscape of the soul. Mm. And as we were talking about silence, and we're going to go into the biblical reasons, There's, I think the soul needs to be connected to God. There's all sorts of Christian things on top of this we need to layer. But the idea that we don't even believe in a soul— or that we even need to be, and that silence and solitude is the landscape for us to even discover that. Yeah, I think about like in the Lord of the Rings, the hobbits are skittish, mm. and lumbering humans scare them away easily. We have to be silent and 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 have silence there. Um, does that does that strike you as 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 true today? I know you've written kind of extensively about this. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's totally true. Yeah, I think. Um, you know, there's a very similar idea that's been so helpful for me. We've talked about this before uh, in Parker Palmer's book, A Hidden Wholeness, where he talks about how the soul is like a wild animal. Mm, mm-hmm. And if you want to see a wild animal, I forget his exact words. He's such a beautiful writer. Yeah. But he basically says, if you want to see a wild animal, you don't go rumbling through the forest making a lot of noise. Yeah. You sit quietly in in behind a tree or, you know, behind a bush and you wait and maybe just maybe you'll catch a peek of the the elusive legend, you know, that is this great animal called the soul. And and then, you know, he makes other points um, in that book and in other places about how we live in such a noisy world that we never give the chance. We never give the soul a chance to reveal itself to both ourselves and to one another we just live Mm -hmm. this sort of thin shallow you know life often because it's anemic anemic so yeah yeah, really lightweight so let me ask you a question what role does science and solitude have in getting to know our own soul and then are we trying to see our own soul or see god or is it kind of this weird combo of both are we trying to find and see our soul that we might b- bring it and reveal it to god or have him involved in it like how do how do you think about that when when how do you, how do you process how do you think about that because- yeah yeah i think so i mean when jesus says you know and he quotes the shema when when he's he's quoting deuteronomy when he says you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul in some order, depending yeah. on where you read it. You know, a lot of commentators say, because the soul is such a, it's sort of like an ambiguous, ethereal idea to a it lot is. of people. Yeah. But yeah. originally, a lot of commentators will say that at the time, what Jesus meant and what people meant by the soul was sort of the um, the whole the yeah. integrated whole. I think of, the Hebrew word is nefesh hayah. Mm-hmm. It means the whole thing, right? Yeah. So it's the integrated whole of like heart, mind, body, all of it. or strength. Right, you all know? of it. Yeah. So the soul really is, it's not like a separate 
spiritual thing that kind of like floats inside of you or something. Right, right. It's the integrated human, like your thoughts, your emotions, your desires, your longings, your body, you know? But you're bringing all of that to God, but you kind of got to pay attention to it. Yeah, but as an integrated whole. Right. Like, that's the key there. Not, um, you know, I say I... In my mind, I I know how to get healthy. In my heart, I desire to get healthy. But in my body, I do unhealthy things. The the soul means like when the human is integrated Mm -hmm. as one whole person, not perfectly, but at least, you know, faithfully. And then that person, that human, that integrated human, you know, is the soul. And, um, I, I think we live such disintegrated lives in many yeah. ways because of the noise. Is so, part of silence getting to the point where you can recognize the crying out of the disintegration? Like, God, I know that this is true, but I'm not feeling it and I need help. Or I, 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 know, that my, I know that this should be in check, but I'm telling you it's broken. Yeah. Is part of it like bringing forth the broken, disintegrated parts of your mind, body, ambition, heart, drive, all that kind of stuff, and saying, this is broken and I need your help to kind of put it... And that just takes careful attention? Is that... I is think that, so. Is that one way of saying it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, thoughtful reflection. Right. The deep work, you know, in the words of Cal Newport. I yeah. think that... Anything less than those sorts of things cannot really do soul work. Right. Because soul work is deep work. But then where's, okay, so what part of that, because I guess you could say that there are some non-Christian meditative people who would say, do that work. They would say that. Oh, sure. Yeah, Right, right. So they would say that this is not necessarily. Yeah, and they use soul language. Right. They might. They would say mindfulness or be mindful of your broken, or your pain or all those kinds of things. What's particularly Christian about the silence and solitude that we're talking about here? Is it doing it in front of God? Is there an uh, is there layers of meditate? How how would you describe that? Yeah, I mean, I think what's particularly Christian about it is that the Christian understands and believes two things in particular, lots of things, but two things in particular pertaining to this. One, that we are made in the image of God. Right. We bear the image of God. So the integrated human is not God, but the integrated human gives us a glimpse of what God might be like in part, you know, and we act almost in some ways as a, as a God almost acts as a mirror, you know? So that's one thing we're made in the image of God. That's, that's distinctly Christian, but maybe more so when it comes to creating silence and solitude in order to do soul work is that the Christian understands that the spirit of God, God himself is actually in us. So when we quiet our when we quiet the noise to prayerfully thoughtfully deeply reflect on soul work and look inward mm-hmm. we find God there. It's actually not um the same thing as sort of like self-enlightenment that which is which is what soul work is in a sort of secular yeah, maybe irreligious. Certainly, in unchristian sense, sure, it's really about self-actualization, self-realization. I think soul work in the Christian worldview is not about self-actualization or self-realization. It's about self-denial mm-hmm. and almost alignment with God. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think that that's the key difference. Well, there there could be another thing um, that could be different that could be helpful, and that is to try to listen to the voice of God. 
which is right. Which, yeah, which is, and this is important. It's other. Yes, it's, it's not us. Yes, yeah. Uh, and I think in a lot of, I heard a, so without getting into it, you and I a couple of years ago went to hear um, kind of a famous speaker, and at the end of his talk, that somebody asked him to describe who God is, and he's just like, let me. Exp- Was that Rob Bell? Oh yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. All right, man. Is it okay you to bring drop it up? names? Okay. Yeah. Well, we went to see him up in the city, <laughs> and you remember at the end of it because he was. Now this is Rob, very post leaving what we would consider Orthodox our best understanding Orthodox Christian. Faith. Right. Yes. So I think it was called Everything Is Spiritual, or it was a tour. Part or, two. Part two. Right. Yeah. Part two. Yes. And he he was talking about what is God like? Who, who what is God? And he said, "Here's what God's like. You walk into a mansion, and this is his Rob Bell's description." Ah, uh, yes, I, I and, remember this. And he got this from someone else. Yeah, he must have gotten it. I, yeah. You walk into a mansion, and you hear music. Yeah. And it's the most beautiful beautiful music you've yeah. ever heard, and you have the sense that everyone you love, everyone you care about is in where this music is in this room, and you're trying to find the room in the house. So yeah. You wander around, and sometimes you go down wrong halls, and this hall, and that hall, and that hall, and you can't find it, but you're following the music, and finally it's getting louder and louder, and you walk down this hallway, and it's coming from the, and you open up this room, and there is this music, and it's all the people that you love, and it's this unbelievable melody oh, and this yeah. and, and you realize the whole time the music has been coming from inside you right and, and that rem- is that yeah that is the secular self self enlightenment sort of and i remember mantra. driving home yeah. with you i think you were driving your civic and you were like wow that's it's just not christian it's not christian it's not yeah, christian it's not christian it's just not right it's departed it sounds beautiful it does sound beautiful but in actuality i would argue you go to that room and it's actually quite empty and broken if it's your music yeah you absolutely need, you need jesus yeah that being said the other voice of god the one who is the author yeah. of all things that's the sound that we should be following yes and that is and sound. that sound and the musician does make his home in us it does but it's not so it's a little music. it's yeah. tricky like it's yeah, tricky. yeah it's a little because it, yeah. it, it does make its home in us but only after we submit yes that's and right. say you are the creator god i want to have my life reflect right. yours I and want... i am never god and i'm oh god right, right, right. Is, god by his spirit is in me but that does not mean i am <laughs> right god. right right that's that means really that, really important yeah, distinction yeah. i am always a servant i am always a child yeah, i'm always right. a yes. creation yeah. i'm always uh, you know a friend of mine and i think he got this from a stand-up routine or maybe you know where this came from but i thought it was so funny he told me this is like, I don't know. It just made me think of this. It's not really connected. <laughs> he said that is a Christian. He said, you know, Jay, you know what this Holy, you know what the Holy Spirit is like to me? Like the mystery of the Holy Spirit in me. You know what he's like? It's like, no, man, what's he like? And he said, you know, when you drink a strawberry LaCroix <laughs> and you're like, this is just carbonated water. But yeah, there's a little strawberry in there. <laughs> A hint of a strawberry, <laughs> and you're and you're drinking it, and you're thinking to yourself, "I want more of the strawberry." Like I want to find it in there. Like, he said, "That's the Holy Spirit." <laughs> uh, uh, and I thought my, that my was son the most says exquisite explanation. My son says that Lacroix is like uh, drinking Lacroix is like you're drinking uh, flavorless water, and someone walks in a room and yells a name of a fruit. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, that's and, really good. And you're like, huh? Maybe this sort of does taste like that. <laughs> that's really good. Um, anyway, let's get back to this. Okay, so the idea that we're trying to get to is that uh, throughout the Christian Bible, the idea of being still and being silent in order to 
access God or um, encounter Him or meet with Him. Yeah. Um, the the word the word in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy is the word hear, Shema, um, which is a, an important word. Hear, O Israel. Yep. Um, the Psalms talk about um, for, uh, Psalm sixty two, for example, for God alone my soul waits in silence. Yeah. Um, Psalm forty six, the famous "Be still." Yep. And 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 in that point, God's doing something bigger. He's 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 like, look, I'm the king of. I'm the I'm the god of all history. <laughs> right. I make empires rise and fall. Be still and know that I'm God. But there's a stillness here, O Israel. The juxtaposition of see, desire, take, yeah, which is the sin pattern, yeah, and hear or listen and obey or um, I think the words obey, yeah, it, those are juxtaposed. Mm-hmm. Hear and obey, see, desire, take, right, right. So so that's a that's a pattern that's all through the Old Testament. And all through the new as well, um, the idea of hearing or listening or quieting is is part of what it means to um, to be that. So, um, just any thoughts on 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 the depth of, of, of that and, and why that's so important? Well, why I guess in general, somebody might ask, why did God make it so hard for us to find Him? Right. Like if it's he if He's that important, why wouldn't He just overpower with a couple shouts? Right. Because He could. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I think there are people in our midst who would say there's times when God did overpower me. He oh, shouted. I agree. Yeah. He shouted. And he does that. He does. Do, it's not to say God never of course. speaks big and bold. He does, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the point we're trying to make is if that is our default expectation, that God will only, what he will, the only, the only time I know it's God is when he just screams over the masses. Yeah. We are. He does that sometimes, but I think we we run the risk of missing out yeah. on the countless times throughout the day or the week or the year that God is whispering to us. And if we would attune our ears to it, man, we would hear him with such clarity because he, the, the whisper sounds so different than all the noise, the chaos yeah. and the cacophony yeah c.s lewis says that god shouts shouts to us in our pain <clears throat> yeah <clears throat> sorry c.s lewis says that god shouts to us in our pain right um he shouts to i i, I know when my kids were born there's a shout yeah <laughs> i mean those are these are all those are all things there but are those moments yeah, yeah there's those moments but there's also i i guess the sense more more often than not and i think about this too scripturally god gets often gets smaller and closer right yeah i mean that's his movement yeah, it's smaller and closer to human humanity. I mean, so that only just makes sense that he wants that relationship. I also find it curious that uh, it requires attention, and I think that that's also part of it too. If you say to God, "The only time I'm really going to listen is if you shout over what I'm currently doing," right? Like, how much do you really value him? Yeah, I mean, like you said, he he gets small, he comes close. You know, God bends down low. But his desire then is that would that we in turn would like reach up high. Yes, you know, there, yes. that there would this be this sort of orient ourselves, orient ourselves, mutual leaning into one another. Yeah, and shouting betrays that a little bit. It does. You, you shout when there's distance. Yes, you know. Yes. Um, mm, remember that that uh, SNL sketch, the close talkers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the yeah. reason it's so funny is because um, it's like. <laughs> too close <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but it's it's also funny because no one talks that way <laughs> yeah you know except <laughs> except um there are moments like 
yeah, you talked about your kids, you know, sometimes when my daughter's having a bad day because her friends didn't play with her or something, yeah. what she doesn't need is for me to stand across the kitchen and say, oh, you'll be all right, you know? What she needs is for her dad to hold her yeah. and draw her in close and sometimes like not say anything at all for a while yeah. and then whisper to her, you know, you're going to be okay. Yeah. It's a part of life. Yeah. You know, daddy and mommy yeah. and your brother, we love you so much. Yeah. God loves you. And I don't shout those things. <laughs> I, I become a close talker. Yeah. But it's so appropriate, you know, because there's. Um, a level of intimacy, and that's what God longs for with us. The close talker sketch is funny because I think they're just like coworkers or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. But I, I agree, God bends down low and, yeah. and longs for us there, to lean in. There's an idiom in one of the Psalms. Forgive me for not knowing what it is, um, but it says, "You're the apple of God's eye." That's how they translated it into English, which yeah. is a weird. But the idiom is actually, "Israel, you are the little man in God's eye," mm. which is this weird idiom. The idea is that there are sometimes when you're so close to someone, you can actually see their reflection, your reflection in their eye. Yes. And there's only two real times when that happens. One is sexy time. <laughs> but the second is a parent and a child. Yeah. And you don't yell in those moments. No. There's a real, there's a real, uh, there's a, there's almost a different language, uh, right. a different tone. Yeah. And I think that 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 betrays uh, closeness and intimacy. Those are the words in the Bible that God wants. Right. I also think that if God just shouted over what we were currently doing, that would that would that's a one way street. You know, mm-hmm. it's like come on, mm-hmm. um, you, you shout you sh- like you said shout, we shout with distance, but we also, you know, we have to shout when there's um, when there's things in between us. You know. Right. Um, that's that a good way to put a, it. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't work that well. Right. Um, yeah, I think sometimes when God shouts, often it seems like it is because there is already distance, yeah. and He's like screaming to get us back. Yeah. You know. And, yeah. And I do think almost he like a, a parent, like get out of the street. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. in a loving relationship, in a loving way, yeah, that should not be typical. Just even in our human relationships, yeah. you know, most of the time in a loving, healthy relationship. Um, you should you should have more of those intimate moments. Yeah. Can I ask a question about the role of the Bible in silence? Yeah. And, and have you found, because God also also speaks through His Scripture. Totally. Yeah. And it it does seem to me that it's very difficult. I I find it interesting that He gave us a book, not a podcast or a yeah. video. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Not that podcasts or videos are bad in any way, but God gave us words. Yeah. And they take careful attention. Yeah. And often focus. Right. And and often I have to eliminate distractions to really read. And, and there's a, there's something mm-hmm. a, a little bit whispery about encountering God through the word. It's It takes silence. There's yeah. similar things. D- is is the meditation on scripture, the discipline, discipline's maybe the wrong word, but maybe it's not, uh, of, of reading scripture, does that tie to silence in your mind in any way? Yeah, I mean, I... On a personal level, I think that's the way I most often and most clearly hear God mm-hmm. is through Scripture. I pray, I seek the Lord, and then I spend long stretches. And and what I don't mean is like I go um, digging for gold in Scripture. <laughs> like where's the th- where are the three verses that answer my problem? But like no, just consistent time in Scripture, right. and over 
that time, like these moments will happen. Happen, like, oh, right. I yeah, see. Yeah. Like yeah. this is what God is like. This is what he's up to. This is his heart for us, his people, you know? And, yeah. and God will speak with clarity in those ways. So that's the most common way, actually, that I hear right. God in the silence. And it is a silent endeavor. And it's a slow and steady sort yeah. of work, right? You think similar, about, similar to the other disciplines of silence and totally, yeah. 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 You know, it's interesting when I say John three sixteen, most people are like, "Oh yeah, I know what that is," but that would not have been a thing until four five hundred years ago. Like chapters and verses are a fairly recent phenomenon, right? Before that, you would have had to have was said, it like Monk Cademan did it or something like that. Yeah, I forget. There's like some, some monk that yeah. ordered them for the purpose, which is of, super helpful. I'm not. I thank you, Cademan. So, <laughs> thank you, Monk Cademan. We really appreciate your numbering system. I think it's so helpful. But one of the things that was that was sort of lost in that is that's how most people think of the Bible now as a series of chapters and, chapters and verses. And verses. But in their original context, they were written like scenes. I or, mean, the Psalms yeah, yeah. are written as sort of short format poems. poems, most of them. But the overwhelming majority of the Bible, they're yeah. long, extended texts, yeah. letters, and historical narrative. There was no such thing as John three sixteen. There was only the Gospel of John, right? And the like, scroll oh, of know, the Kings, yeah, and the scroll so, of Exodus. Um, and then you think about how they were written, you know, yeah. you like Google sort of. Hey, do you remember that one moment right in the middle of Exodus? Like it was kind of in the uh, first third where, <laughs> yeah. where yeah, yeah like, you would have to frame it in the larger in the story, story. In the story. You would have to do that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you think about like even the New Testament manuscripts, the way ancient Greek was written, there are no punctuations. There are literally, there's almost no spacing between letters and words. So just think about, and most, of, most of the known world at the time was illiterate, but think about the people reading the texts. Yeah, it was like Kentucky, to the just people. illiterate. They would... <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. Apologies <laughs> to everyone from... Arkansas. Oh my gosh, dude. Jeez. <laughs> Apologies, everyone. <laughs> Everyone's got family out in Kentucky. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Or, so, you know Jesse Barnes lived in Kentucky. I, I know. I'm glad she's here. Minute. But um, so it would take. They would. They would have read slowly and methodically, right? Because they would have been forced to. Right. Like you can't speed read or skim text that's written that way. And so I think that that for me, reading scripture and listening for the voice of God through the Bible has been helpful, even in that way, yeah. to slow me down. And force me to, right. you know. I, I think about this question, too, um, and we're going to get to some practical stuff, too. I think about, like, if, if there's something off in my life and God wanted to get my attention, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead, let's just pretend for a second there's some aspect of my life that isn't 100% right. Yeah. Let's just pretend. Yep. If God wanted to get my attention, how, how would he do that? Hmm. Am I quiet enough for him to course correct? Right. Or... If there's something that God wants to give me, like if I'm disintegrated or, or discouraged or have a big decision, like you see Jesus modeling this. He gets up early in the morning. It says solitary, uh, as he often did. He, he does it right before he makes a really big decision with the, the 12 disciples. Yeah. He does it when he's exhausted. You see it in, in Mark, um, uh, this pattern of him getting away and then doing ministry and engaging and then getting away. Yeah. And then engaging. First, he gets away. Right. He comes, like, almost but powers up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then he gets depleted, and then he goes back, right? There's yep. a sense. Um, this is kind of the pattern that Mark kind of said, the staccato pattern 
if that's true for Jesus, then um, I'm sure it's true for us. Right. Um, we, we had four basically brief ideas on ways to increase silence, maybe, yeah. or yeah. build in silence. Yeah, just practices to yeah. at least try to take steps in that direction. Yeah. We said delete the noisiest app on your phone. Yeah. All right, so got to ask you a question. What 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 was your noisiest app? Can oh, I tell you what mine was well, first? Sure. Mine was Twitter. Yeah. I um, it's kind of my news feed, and I didn't want to delete it. Right. And you're like, "Hey, we should do this," and I'm like, "Screw you, Jay." <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's that's the one I'm I'm gonna delete. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I I'm did. gonna delete it next month. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, these practices, a lot of them, I, I suggested them because I they've been helpful to me. So okay. yeah, I deleted for what me. What did you delete? Um, a while back, I deleted Facebook sure. and Twitter. Sure. From my phone. Sure. I kept Instagram because it's just pictures and I yeah you know, kids to do it yeah but, um, documenting your kids and your cuteness. Uh, so, um, yeah, I deleted all social media. I don't have like TikTok or yeah. anything like that. I do. I'm an incredible TikTok influencer. <laughs> I don't know if you know I do dances. Okay, next thing we said is uh, notifications. Talk a little bit about notifications. And some people might be like, well, what if my kids need me to pick them up from school? Yeah. Like, what, do you, what do you do with that? That's I mean, what we do. So I get no text or email or social media notifications on my phone. Not even Jenny? No. So she knows to call me if something's up. Oh. Yeah. So, so she won't text you. I mean, she'll text me about stuff, but it's almost always like not oh, non-urgent. Ur- non-urgent. So yeah. if it's urgent, she'll call you. Pick up you. some milk on the and way. Will home. it go through? Do you have it like on a even on Do Not Disturb? She gets to go through. You can set. That yeah. Up. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, I did that for my kids for texts and for phone calls. Oh, where theirs can theirs come comes through because yeah. yeah. if JL needs something, I don't yeah, wanna, sure, of course. I don't, yeah, yeah. So that's it. But yeah. in general, that has cut down on the notifications. Also, yeah. Email. But I think people have to figure out what's the what's things important. Yeah. that are most distracting yeah. to them. Yeah. You know, it might be yeah. email. Yeah, I get no notifications on emails I, or anything. There's this new thing also on my computer where Apple will send me uh, news notifications that pop up in the middle of my work day. Oh, you could turn that I off. Did. Yeah. Uh, I did, but I did. That yep. was new. I was like, what is going on? And I'm right. like, wow, California has lots of damage. It, it's yeah. not bad stuff necessarily, it, right. but it's super distracting. You know one thing I need help with, those who are listening? I'm in a Yahoo Fantasy Basketball League with some pastor friends and like around the country. And I can't turn off those notifications. So the ones I get, the only notifications I get tell me that Trey Young is injured and he's not going to play tonight. <laughs> it's very distracting. Okay. So. so you want help from the, the tech heads they out won't, there? Yeah. To turn off your Yahoo? I've been trying. I okay. Yeah. That's important. <laughs> um, Trey the, Young. Yeah. Let's go. Third, limit consumption of phone, limits on media, yeah. limits on, is that limits on all media, limits on watching Netflix, TV? Yeah, I mean, or, or I, just, I don't think there's like a hard and fast rule. I think you've got to figure out what's right for you. So the best thing I could do is just share our, you know, our family's practices. Okay. We try to do the one hour a day, one day a week, one week a year practice. Where, where you <clears throat> So off. one hour a day, everything off. It actually it. ends up for us more than an hour a day. Yeah. It's basically... Once Jenny and I get home yeah. after the day with yeah. the kids, yeah. till they go to bed, it's yeah. off. And sometimes we'll like watch something after they go to bed or something. But yeah, it's it everything's off mm-hmm. once we come home. So we're, there's no like the phone phones. Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, sometimes the TV will be on if there's like an NFL playoff game or something. So sure. it's not like some like crazy hardcore. But most of the, most days it's off. There's no digital devices on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then one day a week, most Saturdays from when our kids are up until our kids go to bed, we're non-digital and we just try to spend time together and sure. whatever, you know, go on hikes and cook sure. and spend time with friends uh, or family. And then one week a year. We started that last year. So some vacation. Where yeah. I mean, it wasn't completely non-digital. I had like Apple Maps and to get around well, and sure. stuff, you know, but yeah, doesn't, doesn't I deleted yeah. Uh, during my June vacation last year for more than a week. Actually, I deleted all social media, including Instagram from my phone and email. Work I deleted email? my email. Ooh. Yep, I deleted my email. I deleted um, like my sports app, you know, yeah, where yeah, I check yeah. scores and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was really strictly using it just for Google Maps and or music? Apple Maps. Yeah, yeah, music. Music and um, Google Maps. Didn't listen to podcasts, but music sure. and, and Yelp because I got to know where to eat. You know? <laughs> of course. So, yeah. And then lastly, uh, this was interesting. Set aside three to five minutes just to meet with God. Yeah. Uh, wh- why did you choose three to five minutes? Because it seems like too too low of a bar. But you're, I think that was the point, like entry point. Just yeah. And I, I, you know, I have a hard time recommending things I don't do. I think people should do an hour, <laughs> just a straight hour every morning. So that'd be awesome. Several, but I do. I do. Let's three be honest. To five minutes. Several hours. <laughs> Three to five hours every day. Gosh, like, can you imagine? That's monk life. It's monastery. We, we life. would we would be a very powerful church. Yeah. No, uh, I I do three to five minutes because I you know it's but I do like genuinely almost every morning coffee in hand scripture right. three to five minutes. And there's also a practice of setting to start an, my day almost every day. There is another yeah. practice of setting an alarm. So that you throughout the day, it's kind of uh, the daily office. Is yeah, the daily of office. But yep. sometimes, if you're at work, this can be a really great way to bring yeah, God totally. into it. That's you have right. a, a phone alarm ring at. I guess you'd have to turn on notifications for that one. But you, you just well, you, yeah, oh, I mean, an alarm, just alarm. Yeah, yeah. turn on alarm, and then at noon, you know, maybe it's lunchtime, and you just take a few minutes. Yeah, you know, and just bring God into the situation. Yep. Go for um, a walk around yeah. your... Does yeah. driving in the car... Somebody uh, wrote in, they said, I have a long commute. Can I use that time? Oh, Does that gosh, count? That's the best. Yeah, that's Does that the count? Best. Yeah, I used to commute to and from Santa, Santa Cruz. Cruz. Yeah. And early on, I used to just fill all that time with mostly podcasts. But my last year or so... And 90s R&B. <laughs> I, I wish. <laughs> uh, my last year or so, there were many days, I'd say probably half the time, on my drive home, from work about yeah. 30 40 35 40 minutes i would drive home in silence and sometimes i would pray sometimes i would literally just not yeah I, like i wouldn't say anything i would just try to clear my head and pay attention to the scene it's a beautiful drive you know pay attention to the scenery and listen to the noise outside the window and and kind of listen for god in the quiet and uh yeah, totally. Not only does it count, I think it's actually a really effective way to That's good. Um, quiet the noise in yeah, your yeah. life. So. Uh, final thought as we leave. Um, go. The Lord said, Elijah, go and stand out in the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord's about to pass by. I love it when the Lord speaks in third person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then a great and powerful wind um, tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks. The Lord wasn't in the wind. There was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper, and the Lord was in that. Yeah. And this is this is the and and there's so many things in even in this tiny narrative text, the great and powerful wind, the same phrasing that was used for Moses for the Red Sea, the powerful wind that parted the Red right. Sea, the 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 fire, the word for fire is the same word for the burning bush, and. Yeah pulled his cloak over his face is the same phrasing that Moses, when he fell because he was afraid 
before the burning bush because God's here. There's this sense of Moses and Elijah both rehearsing the same story, and it's at the same place on Mount Sinai. Yeah, that's right. And God meets with these two people and gives them not only what they need, but what they need for their people. Yeah. Um, to continue leadership and to help and to, and we're still learning from Elijah and from uh, from Moses. And I think God wants to meet with us as He's just as He met with Moses, just as He met with Elijah. Elijah's depleted at this moment. Right. He's depleted and he needs something. And God's gonna, you know, in just a yeah. a few chapters, tell him that he's been at work and he's got a whole community of people ready to be with him. And he's got Elisha, yeah, a good friend, uh, a ministry partner. Um, all yep. sorts of things. So whatever you need, whether you're depleted or full, um, whether you feel self-focused or not, whether you're distracted or discombobulated, fully put together or just falling apart, God wants to meet with all of us. Yeah. That's that's his, his hope. Yes. All right. Well, thanks, Jay. Thanks yeah, for the thank time. thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. See you guys. All right. Bye. Just want to say thanks to Jay Kim for stopping by. Next week is a little different. We have a one-off sermon series called Eat This Book, where we're going to talk about the importance and the centrality of the Bible, Scripture, in our life, not just as Christians, but in the body of the church. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that. So join us next week for that. And until then, may you have silence, and may you enjoy the sound of silence. We'll see you next week.